Hello. Hi, Rebecca. It's Beatrice. Hello. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm I'm very fine too. What have you been up to today? Well, today was very exciting for me because I went to the British Library to listen to a broadcast that Victor Stiebel did. Oh, wow. And he's the London Couturier you love. Yes. So I really like him. And um, I, I, I wasn't actually, I didn't even mind what he was going to say. I just wanted to hear his voice. Yes. Um, so that so was... So what, is it an interview for no. a program or... So I mean they they don't it's undated on the website but but when you or on their sort of catalog but when you listen to it it's quite clear it's from must be around autumn 47 because he doesn't mention right. the new look but he talks about the longer skirt situation ah uh, that's interesting and his views on it so um it's it's the BBC home service fashion and beauty so that must oh, have been some sort funny. of series Yes. And um, someone says at the beginning, one of our leading dress designers is here to talk about fashion. And then okay. he starts and sometimes you get a bit of a rustling of paper. And also from the way he talks, he obviously sort of is, re is reading, but he's, he's doing it really well. It's sort of mm. really engaging. And it's a sort of odd mixture of being in some ways, um, it is a bit patronizing at times. Um, but then also um, he starts off by saying... Um, I want to clear up some misunderstandings about how fashion works. Oh, and then really? I, I give you some general tips that might be useful to any women, but I'm not going to tell you what to wear and I'm not going to tell you what the fashion is going to be. Um, so what are his tips if he's not telling you what to wear or what the fashions are? So his, his tips are the patronizing bit. Um, okay. So his tips are um, you have to embrace simplicity. Okay, all I'm the, writing this all down. Yeah, he says all the modern good things are simple, like furniture. And he says even kettles, you know, a simple kettle. Oh, that's kettle. important. And yeah. then he says, then he goes into a bit more detail about have a good quality bag, that's simple, good quality shoes that are simple. And he keeps sort of saying, I do know it's difficult at the moment. Mm. And this might might cost you coupons so that I know that it's, it's gonna, might be a trial. Uh. So that is quite interesting. He says your hair has to be also very simple, um, brushed well, um, and you shouldn't have a, a sort of very crazy hat. He really didn't like the hats that he was seeing um, during during the wartime. Um, so oh, that's interesting. And then he make makeup as well. He says it's more your personality has to shine through. So okay. <laughs> yeah, he said yeah. So that's a sort of a little. But what bit if your personality is like bright lips? And thick mascara. Oh, no. So that 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 bit, I really am not so keen on. And he does he does yeah. talk about seeing someone on the tube, um, a woman who had tricolored hair, and it sounded like she had various shades of green hair. I guess it must have been the dyes really? people, poor, you know, the dyes that you might have concocted during the war. Um, Good so, for her. Yes, I mean I know exactly. And then he says, um, you sh he he would much prefer clean nails apart um he would much prefer those to scarlet talons that are a bit oh. grubby so oh my goodness so that i mean bit, but I, can't you i i mean sorry to interrupt but no, i no. just can we pause for a moment of yes, the yes, idea yes. of him on the tube because yeah, i kind of imagine him very stiff and proper in his nice gray 
suit or something. Yeah, I actually, staring at this poor woman with her green hair. I actually think he wasn't like that. So um, oh, that's just my maybe, fantasy of him. Yeah, maybe. But so maybe my my idea of him is 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 sort of too nice in a way. And I guess it's what he sort of says. It. I guess it's part of the the time. I mean, the the uh, next program they're announcing is someone called Barbara Beck or. Um, she will be here to talk to you about the value to you and those around you of a cheerful face. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so okay, I, noted. So I think that's just, you know, how women Morale. were talked to at that yeah. particular point in time, at least by the BBC. Um, but then he has sort of some more practical advice. So he says, um, well, he, he talks about a lot about, he, he's obviously really annoyed that people think, Dior had come up with this long skirt idea. Oh, and, goodness. And he says that the fashion develops, it has a natural flowing development, and the skirt would have gone down, skirts would have gone down anyway, and they're here to stay, you better get used to it. Um, but it's just something that was bound to happen. Um, skirts couldn't have got any shorter. Also, he said, we all agree that the back of the knee is not nice to look at, so skirts had to become longer again. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and then he sort of gives some tips about um, what you should do to your skirt to, to make it a bit longer, like putting in some ribbons. And he has this sort of idea about having an apron, which I don't quite understand. Oh, that's funny. We were looking at, um, today with my MA documenting fashion students, we were looking at um, Anne Fogarty. You know that she's like a ready-to-wear designer in America mm -hmm. in, in the mid-century. And um, I was showing them these sort of, like she loves a kind of tiny waist and a very kind of Victorian new looky silhouette and I found this um it's like a sort of trend spread from from Vogue with fashion illustrations of women wearing the most ridiculous elaborate aprons like certainly not the kind that would be worn you know when you were doing any kind of work they're they're kind of like 18th century pannier wow aprons um so I think it was quite sort of, you know, fashionable to have your little apron. Yeah, it must have been a thing. He sort of says you can have a shorter one for day wear and then for party time you can have a longer <laughs> one. Um, and then he also, <laughs> says, <laughs> he also says, have you got any pieces of Eastern material? Um, and, what, and what do I do with my Eastern material? Well, if you have a Zari, that could be most yeah. useful. Because if you're Just older, you can make yourself some tunics. And then if you're younger, why not take the plunge and make the zari into a full-skirted ankle-length dance dress? Wonderful. Yeah. I can I Because would hear this be... I, you can hear me it ticking Being over speechless. my brain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do, I, how do I achieve this? I thought you were going to say it was for an apron, which I was going to say that's a bit disrespectful. But, oh, because I was wondering as well, is this around the time or a bit earlier isn't it that Balmain was using saris you know where he makes like these sort of amazing sort of like the most glamorous mad apron things which are more like sort of a swathe of fabric that wraps around the, your middle that you oh. sort of add to your black sheath dress oh so I guess it's almost you get that in the um sort of in the bustle period as well mm. you get that quite a bit I I'm not it, because it's not dated, I'm not entirely sure. But he do, he also mentions mentions Joyce Grenfell and making 
making an apron for her new review and she seemed oh to have god some, i love joyce grenfell she she's se- so funny i think they were big friends and she seems to have had some oh. something coming out in late 47 she was in an old coward play but then right. she would have been in place all the time so but i am qu- almost certain because he also talks he doesn't actually talk about the full skirt much and wasn't he your second um collection all pencil skirt yeah I the think one so. in autumn so i i think it must have been after the autumn after right. the autumn show and what what is interesting i looked through some press cuttings and there's there's one about january 47 and he does actually say that the new um silhouette will be much more fluid so that's before dior's first uh. show and right. um that there will be it will be less angular um you will have n- not all this padding on on the shoulders longer skirts so he i can see why he would be annoyed um well but- at least he's not doing i mean hardy amy's always he, he seemed to say he invented the new look in the 30s but if you look at the immediate pre-war collections across the board they were very sort of nostalgic and romantic Mm. weren't they and there were lots Mm. of different I mean not I think the thing is with the new look with Dior's new look is it was just the perfect iteration of that form at the exact right moment it wasn't that he was the only one going in that direction before the war or after the war it was it was just the most sort of beautifully conceived version i think yes and also i think more exaggerated is maybe not yeah. pronounced maybe is the right yeah word. pronounced mm. is right because i don't it yeah exaggerated makes it sound pastiche but i mm. really don't think it is no mm. so how has this affected your idea of victor well, I'm I'm a big fan of Victor um, mm. because when I was quite new at the museum, we bought a um, an, a 30s wedding gown, which is beautiful. It's the most mm. simple, weirdly simple. I'm glad to hear yeah, that gown. Um, it's it's a velvet, silk velvet. It's it's got a lot of self-covered buttons at the back and oh, long I do sleeves. Like that. Um, but just very, um, you know, bias cut, really, really long train, um, but no embellishment really otherwise. And so, is it white? Yeah, it's, it's sort of off-white. And I think mm. it was always off, off-white. off And and there was a little, um, um, there was a name written what was in it, Miss, Miss Levi. And I, I think I found out who wore it. And so I got oh, quite really? obsessed about, um, about, about that particular dress. And then we have this fantastic... Um, uh, evening gown with a little bolero and it's a blue and white stripe um and that was i think from very early on it must so he had he had a house for a while in one number um and then he moved to the next house or also bought the next house and and we must have a a gown from from the very very early period and i found some newspaper cuttings where it said it was for boating in cambridge and even if you fell in the water the the material was still all right um <laughs> So, yeah, oh, I know. that's so important. And off, that's where he went. That's so. where I've made my mistake in life. Yeah, I know. I mean, you can't <laughs> think of everything all the time. Um, no, but you know. But I think that's what I what I like him. about him. When I sort of he he was he was I think he was quite innovative between the wars. So he he, yes. he started in thirty two and he was really an early adop- adopter of um, artificial fibers. He went to America mm. in thirty six to show his stuff. He oh. He did Good quite a few radio broadcasts quite early on. Um, and there's this one which I wanted to tell you about, and then I shut up. Um, no, no, I want to know. 
that would I, I really hope I can find it and it still exists because it's it's from when he was in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and there was a radio fashion show at Joseph Horn Company Auditorium, which I believe was a department store. And this was Schiaparelli Molineux. I'd never know how to pronounce that name. I was going to say Mambochet, but it's main. Some people say main. Well, no, it's, it's Mambochet when he's being a French couturier. But then it's it's actually like I think he's he's of German heritage, so I think it's like Main Bocher. If if you're saying his name, oh yeah, as it would have originally been okay. So it's Schiaparelli Molineux, which I also might pronounce wrongly. Main Bocher Stiebel and Chanel will be interviewed by Carmel Snow. No. Can you imagine? No. Carmel as well. Yeah. And it says the voices of the... That's too much. I know. The voices of the celebrated couturiers named above will be heard while models will wear the actual Paris fashions discussed. No. And this is in Pittsburgh? In Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in March 1936. Oh, my goodness. At 2.30. Can you imagine? I know. Imagine so, being a lady in Pittsburgh in 1936 and finding out that this was all going to happen. Uh, I can't quite believe that they were all in the same place. I know, because you sort of imagine and particularly some Schiaparelli, ego yeah. things going on there. Schiaparelli and Chanel together. I'm not sure that... I know, that doesn't seem... I mean, maybe it was one, like, hell of a fight. Maybe it was, you know, a big crescendo moment for, for French couture. Maybe it sounds yes. wonderful. It sounds amazing, and I, the um, and Mamboche is so kind of understated as well with Scaparelli. Yeah. Oh, this sounds. A, why weren't we there? Yeah, why weren't we there? Well, I, there's I, good reasons why we weren't there, <laughs> obvious. Yeah. But apart from that, <laughs> but the, God, I think imagine. the um, the follower of that particular radio station, which is called WCA, I think the radio station still exists, but it's now got another acronym. Um, so I, I, I do need to do something about it and find out whether they have an archive. Oh, you have to I find mean, it. It would be amazing, and wouldn't it? It would be so amazing. And it, it really underlines how important the American market was. Yeah, and this to, was 36. I mean, this yeah, like, yeah. Mm, definitely. Oh, my God, you have to find it. Yes. So that's my, my, my Stiebel stories. Well, that is quite something. Hmm. What oh. about you? What have you been thinking about? I, well, two really not at all connected things. There's my thing from last week. Remember when we spoke last week, I was saying I had this obsession. Yes. So there's that, which is, I will now reveal, that I'm obsessed with backstage at the show's beauty videos. Oh, wow. Um, Where do you the find thing, them? Uh, well, they're, they're posted on Instagram because I love Pat McGrath. You yeah. know, the amazing, she's just like off the chart, mm. amazing. Um, makeup artist and she often po posts them but you know models sometimes post them and and I'm kind of fascinated I mean I'm fascinated by the beauty looks because as you know both of us love the beauty mm. so I'm really interested in that and seeing like how they've done the look for that show but I'm even more if it's possible interested in the way the models move their faces I know that sounds a bit weird <laughs> But I love the way, okay, stay with me. Yeah, I will. That they kind of, the ones I like best, which seems to be the, the main way they do it, is they look into the camera lens as though they're looking in the mirror, but then they very subtly move their heads back and forth so that you can see particularly like their highlighter and the mm. different, 
And it's really disconcerting because it's so weird that their eyes stay in one place, but they're moving their faces around. And it kind of, I don't know, it's such a kind of, it seems, I don't know, it, it makes me think of like 1950s modeling. I don't know why, but something about the sort of precision of it and how kind of serious it is, even though it's quite comical, mm. the way that they're moving. And it was quite interesting. I saw one the other day, I think it was at Anna Sui, because you know Pat McGrath did that amazing sort yeah. of purple and pink eye makeup. And I think it was Gigi Hadid was doing it and she started laughing and kind of pulled a face and it was really interesting because it was like you feel like that would be your natural reaction to being requested to stand in front of a camera and twiddle your face around a bit while maintaining contact with the lips and also I guess sorry go on I wonder how you you know how how do you say to someone to do that and what words do you use I don't know and and yeah it's almost like if there was still a model school, that that would definitely be something you would have to be Yeah, taught. you would walk with books mm. on your head and then you would say... Because I was sort of thinking, is it because the models are used to kind of doing selfie selfies, videos mm. where you look seriously into your phone and do this? So maybe mm. it comes out of that. But, I, but I'm always really interested in how certain gestures evolve because having like with my MA students we've kind of come up to the 50s now we started in the 20s and we've come up to the 50s and you can really see how 20s 30s is the period where fashion photography really crystallizes as a genre and you start to see particular gestures and poses often taken from fashion illustration but kind of evolving Mm. as like standards and then I feel like post-war they've become really precise do you know Mm, what i mean and and they're really like there's this vocabulary of poses that you seem to go through and i'm really interested how these backstage beauty you know that twisting your head around very subtly you know it seems to go with like contouring but also even more so highlighting Highlighting. Mm. because it it really sort of so that you can see how well the highlighting has been done so i really love them and I want you to think about them and think more about what this means. I will. I also. I what I what I want to see is mm. a, like you say, a vocabulary of vocabulary, um, of poses. That would be so great. So just having, yeah, you know all all the different ones. I would. I'd want well, there's to that know. Coco Rocha book. Where yeah, she there is. is. It a thousand and one. Which you're, I mean, she's amazing. But the the one um, the one about the fifties, I'd like, and then okay. you know, yeah, yeah that's that would be wanna, good. Mm. And I, and I also, as a sort of offshoot of my obsession with the way people turn their faces for the camera, I really love when people do swatches on their arms and that kind of slow motion finger on the arm. Because mm-hmm. again, it's so kind of surreal and like fragmented body and bizarre and yet completely hypnotic because you want to see every shade. I, the, and then again the arm subtly moves so you can see it in the light I also like that very much I, I used to I, I don't know it must have been quite a few years ago, ago five six year, years ago when I used to always watch some of there weren't that many makeup tutorials on YouTube I mean now there are loads and there was someone yeah. called I think she was called herself lollipop 21 or something and for some reason i got hooked on her and what i always find interesting and she did that already um and there is again a good reason for it is when people cover the mirror of the of the um, product 
And I guess yes, that's because I suppose it would flash. Or it know, would show the camera, I think. Yeah. Uh, or the setup. Oh, of course. Yes, all these little gestures. Yeah, and, I, and also, can yeah. I just also Please. finally? I love the Pat McGrath eyelid ones, where oh. again it's like surreal, fragmented, just one eyelid. I know. And then they do this really kind of painterly sculpting through the application of the different colours. But the coup de grace is when they just do a swipe with a finger of super super glitter. Mm. Yeah, I, love, I love it. Those. There's one with green and purple, which oh, amazing! I think that's my favorite. That is very, very good. I, that's another thing I would like to see: the top tan, mm. that style, one eyelid. Because I, I love, like, I love beauty is boring on Instagram. I love Violette, love Morgan Martini. I'm sure I'm missing any whitehead. There's so many I really love. But recently, it's been these these videos that I've just can't stop watching yeah you must send yeah. me a list i'm gonna send you a list okay and yeah and and, and you yeah, said just... there was something else oh the final thing well it doesn't have to be final but the other thing i was thinking about a lot and i know we did a bit of texting on this was the obama portrait yeah because that was just so interesting like it was so interesting as an event as mm. like a performance of I really liked how they, because they're so huge. I really would love to see them because they're so big. And I loved, you know, that kind of tradition of, you know, the huge, you know, drapery and then it's pulled off and the gasp. So I love the big reveal moment. But also the, the sort of, you know, intense debate and meaning and the sort of meanings embedded in each one. So what I so I wondered use, what you thought. No, I want to. I'm. I'm. You I actually. Mine. I would like you to go first because I. Um, <laughs> well, that's just cheeky. <laughs> it is a bit cheeky, but I. I really can't. I have weird thoughts. Not weird thoughts, but confused thoughts about them. Okay. So maybe okay. yours are not as confused. Can I start with mine. Barack Obama? Okay, please do. Okay. Well, I really like Kehinde Wiley's paintings. Yeah. Anyway, so, and. I do really love that kind of lush, hyper green foliage mm -hmm. behind him. And also the flowers, because, I mean, that's a real sort of signature of his paintings. Um, but I love how the flowers, like I'm just, I'm reading this from the New York Times. It's like African blue lilies represent Kenya, where his father was born, Jasmine for Hawaii, where he was, where Obama was born. And then chrysanthemums are apparently the official flower. Um, of Chicago so oh, I love that cool. there's it seems it seems to kind of really reach back into the history of art of using specific flowers yeah it looked in that very way. That, that seemed very Van Eyck to me somehow yes or, or sort of, yeah, definitely that period. Mm. yeah and I mean Kahindi Wiley does um, you know sort of appropriate western white art and reuse it and re you know, sort of re-inject it with meaning by mm. representing um, black figures in relation to, you know, what looked like tapestry or milfer or whatever. So really, really interesting. So I love that. And I like, I like with both of them, actually, how they're a bit ambiguous or a bit kind of contradictory. So I love that Obama, that Barack Obama is kind of looking quite serious, but I feel that it's always so a bit quizzical, like he's kind of questioning the viewer. I like that. And that he's wearing a navy suit, 
so formal but then informal in the way he's sitting and you know that his he doesn't wear a tie that the shirt yeah. is open mm-hmm. so it's this kind of sense of him relaxed within his power if you see what I mean mm. which I really like because so many formal portraits are just really stiff and really quite dull and and I feel this is so kind of vibrant in the colors and everything in the background but also I feel like that you know suggests Obama and his personality and I like his gesture where his wedding ring is really yes. prominent Mm. That's really beautiful, I think. I find the chair um, really interesting as well. Well, I was going to ask you... It must be an Oval Office chair or Oh, do you maybe? think that I would be know. interesting? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to know more about the chair because I don't know the style. Mm. But I like I like the way it's sort of historicizing, but it's also very of the moment. And that both of them chose black artists, which is the first time black artists have been... Um, chosen for for presidential portraiture, but also that it really inserts them within the history of art. You know, know, that they're not just sort of formal portraits that go in a gallery and people walk past them, that they're things that need to be discussed and spoken about and thought about and engaged with. And that, I think, is really inspiring. And also they're both definitely something you can look at for a very long time and Definitely, there's so much. Like the more, I think also Michelle Obama's is something that requires continual thought. You know that. I, I mean, can I just say that as a side point? I thought it was hilariously brilliant that in the immediate response from um, the New York Times, they spoke of there being an element of couturial spectacle. Ooh. <laughs> in her. I didn't even know couturial was a word. I think we it's might not, I think we might need that in our life, an element of couturial spectacle. I think we need to aim for that Once quite in definitely. A while. Yeah. <laughs> not every day, but no. for special occasions. Yeah. Um but I like I like a bit of couturial spectacle, so I, I like hers. I think hers is less immediate and you have to kind of think about it more and engage with it more, which I think is good. I think with hers, I, I I felt the dress was a bit like a shield. To me, it oh, looks a bit like it. You mean like heraldry shield? Yeah, protect- like a protective yeah. shield oh, that's- almost. Um, okay. And um, I don't know why why I think that. Um, but I think you're right. I mean, I think at first I thought you meant heraldry, and that would be quite interesting to think about the patterns from that perspective. I like that it looks quite like a quilt. Like it looks like it's referring to American quilts, and some people have said it's like this is G's Bend, Alabama black, um, black women making quilts in Alabama that are very sort of meaningful and yeah, they're famous. beautiful. I looked them up only a yeah. little bit, but I must definitely Exquisite. look. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. And I also like that it does. It does. It doesn't seem to have a hem. That it just seems to spread out. Oh yes, that's true. Mm. To, to the edges of the painting, because it's us. almost like it's and to us, yeah, mm. it's like it, because I feel it's the same. I don't know. I guess they didn't confer the two artists. I'm sure they didn't. But I like the way in Obama's the ivy is kind of around his legs. So it's it it's again that sort of sense that each one is alive. That this isn't the final incarnation obviously it is because it's been painted and finished and put in the gallery but there's a sense i feel of growth in each one and of going reaching to the future mm. but can i ask you yes with 
Michelle's, have you got it in front yes, of you? Yes, I do, yeah. Okay, I don't know what that splodge is on her bodice. Because, like, everything is so precise in the painting, you know, those really sort of geometric forms, all very sharp. But then there's a white bit in yeah. the bodice, on the back of the bodice, that looks just like a paint stroke rather than... You, you do you mean the round oval thing or the one? yeah yeah I I I don't actually know I did look up the actual dress um, oh did you yeah I did I did look that up but uh, my computer's just gone dead I think I can't see it anymore so maybe it is just maybe it's as simple as it being on the yes the actual but it dress. seems I don't know because that seems unfinished when everything else is so precise so that's interesting. I also the I, other thing it reminded me uh, a bit of was a, a sort of klimt but. I wasn't mm. entirely sure. I think it was more the triangles which appear in one of yeah. Klimt's but portraits. It, but it's interesting that it's mainly white, but then monochromatic and just these flashes of colour mm. is interesting. And then the kind of pale blue background. And I know some people have really been troubled by I mean, it's a, it's a sort of part of Amy Sherald's work that she kind of rejects using realistic... Um, portrayals of black skin and different black mm. skin tones and uses what looks more like a daguerreotype and I know some people haven't liked that and it is it is like problematic I can see there's arguments for and against but I think it I like it in this context in that it seems that it puts her again within a history of black women being represented mm. and kind of recognizing black women being represented when you know they're not very much but you know it's it's sort of connecting her to a past that's often ignored so i like i like that aspect mm. of it and that her arms are so important because yes. obviously she was really yeah. known for that <laughs> but that but that they're um because it's so sort of elegant the way that she's sitting and she also Maybe looks quite quizzical she does no i think both of them are connecting very directly to the viewer and kind of asking them something you know I think it they're very dynamic I think in that way you know they're quite I mean particularly hers but both of them are quite still but there's also a sense of connection with the viewer which I think is really important and, mm. I, and it's just I think so refreshing to see official portraits that engage properly and fully with contemporary black black art and with contemporary art per se and as i say that sort of insert themselves into art history quite definitely and also that that uh, maybe that's a silly thing but also things that 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 people really talk about i mean there's been a lot yes a lot yeah, online no. about it and and i there's can't think of another official you know <laughs> no no i mean you know frankly many official portraits are dreary and they play safe and and also, why should we want photographic reality? I mean, you shouldn't ask for mm. photographic reality in portraiture anyway. But we have millions of photographs of them. These are things to last centuries and to be contemplated and thought about. So I think people's instant reaction, obviously, the people are going to have their instant reaction. But these are about looking again and again and thinking and contextualizing them. Mm. So I like them. I think you can. Yeah, say. no, I, I, I really like mm. them. I think that yeah. makes it sometimes more difficult to, for me to think about something. 
because I just think, oh, that's I really like that, and then that, yeah. that's where it stops. Um, yeah. Um, I also yeah. think it would be interesting to switch it. You know, if they did another two more. Oh yes, that would be really interesting. Do you think we can write them a letter and ask for that? Because that would be really interesting. Yeah, we could, I guess. I don't know how much pull we have. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But no, that would be interesting having the artist pay the other member of the partnership. Mm. Mm. Okay, I I think that's that's a good point to. And our phone call. To, I think to so. contemplate further and to compose our letters. Exactly. Let's compose the letter. And I'm now going to send you lots of, of behind the scenes beauty videos to watch. Yeah, so I know what I'm gonna do for the next few hours. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, what thank a better you. way to start Friday. Yeah, thank uh, you. the weekend, whatever day it is. <laughs> thank you very much for putting me on that path. I I am very, very honoured to have done so. Okay. I'll talk to you soon then. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.